I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our patrons, this is your extended ad-free version of this week's show. But if you're not a patron and would like to get our ad-free extended versions, higher quality MP3s, and of course our unedited live versions, head to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Uh, and thank you to Steve Norton and Ian, I'm very, very excited about this in particular. No offense, Steve, but you'll see why. Nate Simpson. That's right. We have a patron called Nate. Double Nate. Yeah, we're double we're we're, we're double nating. Um, but uh, equal thanks to Steve and Nate, obviously for uh, for joining us on our Patreon journey, um, and uh, to everyone else who is continuing to support us. Now today is going to be a little bit different for a few reasons. Not all of them will be obvious. Um, at the time we're recording this intro and our news for today, it's just before one of Europe's biggest tech conferences, Mobile World Congress, starts in Barcelona, which I'm flying out to on Sunday, uh, which is a day or so um, ahead from when I'm recording this. But you'll be hearing it after the show has got underway. So throughout the program, as long as nothing goes terribly wrong with the universe, I'm going to be handing off hosting duties to my future self uh, like this. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just in a queue for a taxi. Um, do you have American Express? Okay, right, and the other reason that today is a little bit special is because I don't want, I didn't want to not do a podcast, but I also need the podcast to not encroach on the work that I'm doing with Bloomberg, obviously, at Mobile World Congress. I've decided to produce the entire thing on my iPad Pro. So even in my home studio here, I've got my microphone plugged into my iPad. It's recording. Uh, everything I do from Mobile World Congress will be recorded and edited and produced post-produced and published from the ipad so it's a little bit of an experiment with myself just to see how capable um some of the apps that i've now got on the ipad are in terms of me not needing to take a macbook pro to um to a conference like this uh, so hopefully i won't have to even take it out of my suitcase it'll just stay in the hotel and i can do the rest on the ipad so a little bit of an experiment there um so if you're hearing this it all went well if you're not hearing this then um <clears throat> sorry <laughs> ian it's time to don your weatherproof activity suit and because we're going to climb the tree of news. Uh, let's uh, ascend away. Uh, and this week, it's not full of apples. It's full of Samsungs. What an odd tree. Uh, now, Samsung wanted to kind of get ahead of MWC, as it tends to every year, and it showed off its latest and greatest phones, namely the Galaxy S10 family, which includes the S10e. Uh, the E stands for essential, by the way. I've asked an executive on site about that. Uh, the regular S10 and the big all singing or dancing S10+. Plus. Now, I was briefed on the phone uh, the morning before it was announced, so I did actually manage to spend a good hour uh, with the phone. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, my hands-on experiences with the, with the phone, which is Samsung's you know, it's its new flagship. It's its main rival to the uh, to the iPhone and um, and others, of course. I think there's a lot to like with the S10 Plus, and physically, I actually found myself a bit more excited in person by this than by the iPhone XS Max, which was 
largely just a bigger version of um, of the iPhone 10. And firstly, there's three cameras on the back. There's a telephoto lens for close-up shots, a standard wide angle for your normal shots, which you you know everyone would be used to, and then an ultra-wide lens. And I was really impressed with this. The wide angle. And the room that I was in basically included everything in shot that I could see with my own eyes. So, you know, if you held the camera up next to your face, the the field of view was was almost exactly the same. Um, And yet with the uh, and then with the telephoto lens, there was a plant in the distance, about 15 feet away or so. and, And the zoom lens was able to get the majority of uh, of the plant in the picture or rather the plant filled the majority of the screen i actually took some video of this for bloomberg's tiktok channel and i'm going to include a link to that in the show notes um, because there's a video that we produced which i also edited on the ipad pro uh, funnily enough uh, as another little experiment to myself so the cameras three cameras on the back um and that's i found that to be really really impressive the other thing i noticed if i ian do you have any questions about the three cameras well no i mean i i'm interested to try it because obviously i'm you know i'm i i i want there to be a good reason for a phone to have more cameras than two or more cameras than one even um now i think i feel like uh the zoom the zoom lens on most dual camera phones serves a, a useful and wonderful purpose um i i don't know how useful a super wide angle lens is in real life um, you may want to pick up on that as a, you know, as, in a terms of a disagreement. Well, I'm I'm actually more focused on how good quality these lenses are, which is something that's very difficult to test in a in a controlled demo like the one I yes. was I was given. Were Were you given a review sample to to take away and try? Um, well, I would have if I'd have gone to the evening launch event. Yes, but I didn't. Right. So it's currently okay. in the post. And I won't be getting that until I'm back from Mobile World Congress. No, so, so that I, I think what I was striving at more oh. there was: um, Will you be given the opportunity within a relatively short period of time to actually try it out in the real world? And the answer to that is oh, yes. Oh yeah, before the next episode goes out, we'll we'll I'll, I'll be taking some video, and I'm particularly interested to see how the video works on the on the ultra wide. Well, can I can I break in here a little bit and um, talk about the video because I thought that was one of the very most exciting things that they were talking about at the. Um, at the launch, uh, which I streamed, I didn't watch all of it, but I, I caught what I could. Um, and um, I, I noticed they've done this deal with Adobe, so they're going to include a a more um, up to date editing package that could actually produce some real, uh, you know, some proper videos. Um, so I'm quite excited about that, and I'm also interested to hear that it works with their docking station, the the Samsung Dex, it's called, um, which I am a big fan of because I think it's actually a really clever way of leveraging the power of a phone and turning it into something a bit more special. Um, it works almost as a desktop computer. I mean, obviously, you don't have quite the power, but it's enough power to get most things done. And I, I have to jump um, in because I'm surprised they did include yeah. this in the S10 because the, that's a feature, and you know, for those of you who aren't aware of what it is you essentially can uh, plug a a desktop uh, monitor into the phone, connect up a wireless mouse and keyboard, and there's a a Android desktop interface that you can basically use as a portable PC. But it's it's previously, it's been on the Galaxy Note line, which has always been the kind of the productivity, the professional's version, Uh, if you like. I think, I'm pretty sure it was on the S8. 
Was it on the essay? You see, I mean, even I'm if it was, sure I'm, it was, I'm still because I tested it on that because I don't think I tested it on the Note Nine. Um, the, the problem with Samsung when they come when they launch phones is that they tend not to, um, unless you unless you've got a really good reason, you sort of ask very nicely. They don't tend to send the deck station out. Um, but I had one a while ago because I was very very interested in there. I as it, I, I got sort of captivated by this idea that it could be something that you give to an employee and it is literally their whole thing. So you give them a deck station at work uh you maybe give them one for the home as well you give them a phone and that's it you don't need to give them anything else like you know i mean okay it's not quite a laptop but that's by the by did you like it Um, i mean would it keep you from using an ipad instead of a laptop for example um well as the functionalities increased perhaps yeah i mean again it it does suffer slightly from the fact that you um you, you, you can't run normal desktop apps on it and i do find the android ecosystem a little bit lacking for large screens do you know what though actually when um, i went to the the briefing for the galaxy note 9 one of the demos that they showed off of the decks uh, was of the pocket edition of final fantasy 15 and seeing Although it was a mobile game, phones have such high-res screens that the games need to be made for high resolution. And so actually the game looked really, really nice on a monitor. And I thought... Yeah, they only support like 1080p or something like that, don't they, on the monitors. They may do ultra-wide now, but um, it's no problem at all. For a phone to run at 1080p is, you know, it's like a it's like a, a bit of a rest for most mobile phones these days. Yeah. Um, but, but you were reasonably impressed with that. So that seems like something that you're excited and using on this phone, maybe. Yeah, and I'm what I'm interested because I think that video editing app, if it works uh, like a desktop app on the phone for editing video, you know, plug in a deck station and you've got yourself a, a pretty nifty little sort of mobile production facility there. Like, okay, I will admit that it's not ideal that it has to be plugged into a monitor, but say for example, if you were going to Mobile World Congress, um, a lot, of, a lot of hotels these days have a TV with an HDMI socket, so you could theoretically connect a deck station up to those TVs. And use it, and, and you know, put yourself together some videos, you know, in your hotel room of an evening after attending the show. I, for things like that, I just think this is a a really great idea. And you know, forget everything else that you know Samsung tries to push as being innovative and all that kind of stuff. And there's plenty of good stuff in this phone. Um, I just think that is a a really interesting direction that everyone else just seems to have ignored. Well, you were speaking about video, and when you started talking about video, what I actually thought you were going to um... Uh, interject with was the image stabilization that is included in the S10 because I I mean I didn't see a demo a live demo of it I saw a demo of it on screen so take this for for what it is you know the very controlled uh, demonstration Um, but it you know they swear that it it hadn't been altered and if it hasn't been altered at all in post-processing really really looks very good i mean they they showed some kids like filming on skateboards in a street and the difference was staggering i mean with i don't think you'd get the same level of smooth from anything less than a pretty decent steadicam rig and at the time i watched it i was like meh yeah whatever fair enough that's okay but i i mentioned earlier that i i, I was shooting some video for for Bloomberg from this event. Uh, what it was actually for was our TikTok channel, which is like very social, it's very much younger audience. And actually they prefer f- uh, things to be shot on phones rather than on professional um, equipment because it looks a little bit more raw, a bit, little bit more live. So I was filming the video that I did that on, on my iPhone. And when I was editing it, even though the iPhone has image stabilization for video, um, I found myself thinking, oh, I might need to run this through a stabilization filter before I 
before I finish with it because it, it, it was smooth, but I, I don't have the steadiest hand in the world. And I think you could just about tell that I was holding the phone with one hand to film and holding the Samsung device uh, in front of me. And so I'm actually more excited by that than maybe I otherwise should have been. But perhaps for more professional reasons, using it as a source of video rather than, you know, just to keep my selfies a bit more stable. But um, but that's definitely something we're going to be testing and uh, and we'll give a final verdict on that maybe next week or the week after time, depending. Um, one of the other things I, I noticed is that like the iPhone XS Max, the phone doesn't actually feel as big as you'd expect from hearing it have a 6.4 inch um, screen. The bezels are absolutely tiny. They're, they're really nicely curved around the edge. Um, but, the, but the thing is, what they've done with the screen, unlike the previous models, is they've They've not given it a notch in the front for the cameras to poke out of like the iPhone has, which sits in the like in the middle top little portion of the screen. What they've given it is uh, like a hole punch effect. So it's as if you've got the phone and put a hole punch in like you were, you know, punching through some paper and punched a hole right through the screen. Um, they talk about it being cut out with a laser to, to manufacture it. So it's not even that far reaching to say it is a hole punch it's a polo mint effect um and i didn't like the asymmetry that that created even though it makes the overall device i think feel smaller than you would expect it to feel and i'm not convinced everyone's favorite apps are going to deal with it super well i mean in my hands-on demo you know we couldn't download any apps that weren't already on the device and all the you know pre loaded apps did kind of look fine i wasn't a massive fan of the calendar app mostly because it's just a huge span of white and so it was really obvious to me that there was this weird off center hole punch sticking out the top right hand corner but everyone kind of got used to it with the iphone so i assume everyone will get used to it on something like this mm. and, and it's not the yeah but the iphones is in the middle and it's and like you said it's symmetrical there is a there is a beauty to symmetry that i don't think is uh it, it's not you can't forget about that um, I mean, you know, I, I, I suspect we'll get used to it. I'm always quite refreshed by the hole punch in that I guess it's a, it's a smaller space to use up and that there is some value to that. And that's it. And the value really does come across because the screen on this thing is gorgeous you know they're talking about it having hdr 10 plus again we couldn't really test much of that in the in the uh in the in the room but it's a beautiful amoled screen so you kind of know what those look like it's it's like the last one but a bit better except that now it's got a hole punch in the corner um but so th there's a third thing that I really liked about the S10, and this is the last kind of key feature I wanted to go through because it's the last thing that I was able to physically, you know, test myself, was the fingerprint reader, which is embedded under the screen itself and uses an ultrasound um, to, to to make an image of your finger. And it was explained to me that what it does is it, it fires pulses of, ultra, of ultrasound and it creates a map of the actual ridges in your thumbprint or your, or mm. your fingerprint rather than taking a very accurate um, image. It's, 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 it's taking that, uh, that reading in, in, in a, in a very three dimensional way. Um, and because it's behind the screen, you cannot tell it's there. You, and, and we, we had a demo and, you know, we configured, um, a thumb on the screen and then tested it and it worked flawlessly. It looked, it worked exactly as you would expect it to work on a traditional fingerprint sensor. But, and you know, it's not as dramatic as 
when you remember when the iPhone got rid of physical keyboards and just said, well, a keyboard will appear on screen when you need one and it'll be used for something else when you don't need it. Um, I think this thumbprint is like in the same family of features as that. Um, but the fact that it works so well kind of gave me hope that maybe not too far down the line, someone's going to figure out, <clears throat> pardon me, how to hide cameras behind an OLED screen somehow and make these notches we've been talking about a thing of the a thing of the past. I think it's a long way away, I have a but... They have a patent for that, you know. Samsung's working on uh, putting a camera behind. It won't be a fully functioning screen. It'll be a sort of uh, something that they'll probably use for, like, statuses or something like that. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't really know what the point of it is. Well, I can tell you the point of it because people want bigger screens in smaller devices. Yes. And, and they've got so well, they close do. with this one. Yes, but, I mean, really, are you going to... If there was a black bar at the top, is that really the end of the world? Like this mate, is what I don't mate, get. Mate, mate, mate. Let's let's take a step back here and just appreciate the yes. the uh, first world problem that this is. Uh, no, well, look, it's I mean, not no the po- end of the world because all of these <laughs> no. things are tiny little incremental improvements. But- I mean, virtually nothing we talk about matters in the in the grand scheme of things. It's that you know, first world problems is you know, it's not a thing for us. We have to just focus on the fact that we talk about tech and what we do and do not like. Um, I I do I I don't mind the way the iPhone implemented it. I don't mind hole punches. I don't mind the the notches on most phones. Um, I can see there's a point to them. Where I get slightly antsy is if there's still a bezel on, and and a lot of phones do still have either a chin or a forehead, uh, even though they have. A, a notch now samsung hasn't done that samsung as always has sort of pushed the envelope done the best it possible can with the screen to body ratio and i'm i think it looks very impressive i mean i have only seen photos of it um I, you know would it matter to me if if they got rid of the the hole and just had a camera at the top no it wouldn't honestly if they just had some black at the top i'd be fine it's honestly not a problem um the the hole punch feels okay especially in the with the single camera on the, the two smaller phones right i i think it's the, the slightly elongated one on the s10 plus that i think looks a little bit weirder um but again you know like i i I don't see it as a huge problem um and but you're right what's that the problem samsung has is that app developers are not solely developing for the s10 they are developing for a range of phones in android um, and it's going to make their jobs very difficult and they're going to have to potentially create a a bunch of different versions or you know maybe uh you know detect which phone you're using and and position their screen elements differently based on what they detect um but also a lot of them just won't bother because fundamentally this is one phone in a range of other phones um, and it's probably easier for them to sort of ignore that i don't know if android will address that problem well i don't know i mean because Um, it's not even the same it's not even the same size hole across the entire galaxy s10 family it's different on the s S10e to the S10 Plus, for example, and it's one of yes. the reasons that you do tend to find that there's a consistency with with Apple's apps because if you now you know if you're submitting an app to the App Store uh, or an update to an existing app to the App Store, you have to conform. To, you have to support the the full size the iPhone with the notch, and you have to support or yep. if it's an iPad app, you have to support the the rounded corners of the bigger iPad Pro. And I think from March they're making that mandatory. You know, so yeah, they no surprise. There. So you're going to see a wave of apps that haven't been updated get updated with <clears> this <throat> all being well. But you're but you're you're right. It, it, it is harder across this range. Well, everything's harder on Android. That's why this phone has what six gigs of RAM. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, the the S the S10 depending on the model comes with up to twelve gig of RAM. I mean that's absolute insanity. Yeah. I, I I 
think that that's encouraging extreme laziness in app development, frankly. And I mean, we may have talked about this before, but honestly, if, if you're having to put 12 gigs of RAM into a phone yeah. when most desktop computers have an 8 or 16, I think there's a problem there. But well, you say that, I but I mean, I this, there's two there's two things here to know. I mean, firstly, this phone can have up to one and a half terabytes of storage. It can have up to one mm-hmm. terabyte internal and, and supports up to half a terabyte extra via micro SD. But also, Samsung makes memory chips. So, to, you know, it can chuck a ton of memory in this for marketing reasons alone, and it probably barely have an impact on its bottom line, which most yeah, com- companies can't do because they have to buy that at a premium. Actually, a funny little side note on Android that um, Kate, my, my wife Kate, uh, pointed out to me yesterday. She uses a Galaxy Note 9, I think, and she they, they pushed some OS update overnight, um, and she has a, an app like a, a little widget app type thing at the top of the screen that displays a clock and date and some things like that. But the new update pushed another clock into the screen. So she essentially ended up with two clocks um, <laughs> on the screen, but they were displaying different times. They were six minutes. Oh. They were six minutes a- apart. And I was like, that, toad to me, that underscores the difference between the iPhone and Android, which is on iPhone, you'll be like, okay, Here's the clock. You can't move it. You can't do anything with it. You can't change what it looks like. You you can't do anything. This is it. If you don't like it, don't buy an iPhone. Whereas Android is like, here, yeah, have two clocks. Sure, they don't even have to be the same time. They don't have to look the same. Do whatever you want. And that's that's great. There are some there are some times when you see it on iPhone though. Like you you will notice from time to time that you'll open an app and it will shift the clock. Now I don't know if that's an iOS feature or if it's something that is tied to apps. Um, but I've, I have noticed, I think it's something like Twitter. You open it and you'll sometimes see that there is a, a brief moment where there are kind of two clocks on screen while it rejigs itself and, and you know, removes the standard clock and replaces it with the app clock. I, I don't know. It, I mean, I can't tell you how it works. I don't know what the point of it is. Um, but it's, you know, the iPhone is not flawless in that regard. I mean, it might be slightly less um, hackable in you know terms of what you give power to developers to do, but uh, it still has some quirks. One of the other things I wanted to mention, Ian, is I did technically get to go hands-on with Samsung's 5G phone and this is the s the galaxy s10 5g so this is the fourth and final uh member of the of the s10 family and i'll be perfectly honest with you you wouldn't be able to tell it was a 5g phone except for the fact that it says 5g on the back and and this briefing that was in it was hilarious like you know there's probably about maybe 15 members of, of, of the media and, and some broadcast as you know and print and and online and everyone was there and all the cameras everywhere straight away no one was looking just at the the regular uh, s10 that everyone's actually going to go out and buy it was we have to photograph the back of this phone because this phone says 5g on it it was brilliant you couldn't use the 5g because there is no 5g network to use um and the phone itself was um was locked and the person with the passcode didn't have the lock to unlock it which meant that the screen deactivated after every three seconds so you could see all these people trying to photograph it just quickly jumping in pressing to activate the screen and running by back so their photographer could get could zoom in on it um but it is there and i was told the following that it's coming out in korea and the us first and that'll be early summer q2 but it will definitely come out in the uk this year and ee definitely will have it on 5g this year so that 
is good news for us. Don't for people who are really looking forward to this, don't be disappointed that it'll come out in the US first and think that we're behind. We are, I am told, on good authority, going to have the phone. It is going to be here. It is going to be this year. Um, in uh, I think EE actually said 16 cities are going to have uh, 5G this year, uh, 15 or 16, and it is going to be available on those. We don't know how much it's going to cost, I don't think, on the on the network, but it is going to come here. I think it's going to be quite a bit, but I don't think that's a concern. <clears throat> Frankly, I think it'll be subsidised down because EE is going to be charging more on a monthly basis anyway. So, um, and I think they all yeah. will. So honestly, I'm not. I, I don't think the price is so much of an issue. Um, what I was more interested in is how big is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, does it feel like a worse phone? Is the battery oh, no. going to be worse? It doesn't sound every, like that's every, the case. The, the entire opposite. I mean, I you know, the, I did play with it. I mean, it's a fully functioning phone. It is bigger. I think it's like six point seven inches instead of six point four. It's got four cameras on the back because one of them is like a depth uh, a depth lens um, as well. It's also got what's the other thing it have? The battery's bigger. It's definitely a bigger battery. It's got faster charging. Um, I'm just trying to remember what I talked to the executive about because I was trying to get this out of him, what else it's got, um, and some other stuff. But 5G is the the, the, the big one, and um, yeah, it'll probably be very expensive because the networks are going to want to charge a premium as well to you know to get some money back for their investment yeah uh but uh, but yes and we at the time we're recording this we're expecting huawei to announce its 5g phone so with a bit of luck we can cut to me now in the future yes well the time travel did work i am here in the future speaking to you from mwc Barcelona 2019 and I'm actually standing on the outskirts of Huawei's stand where I've managed to persuade them to let me not only see the folding Mate X phone but also get hands on with it. I've been told that uh, I'm allowed to describe what I'm seeing but if I was to do any video I'm not allowed to actually film myself holding it so I'm going to do my best to describe what I can see um, and I imagine I'll be surrounded by several people making sure I don't do anything I'm not supposed to so I'm going to head on in now and um, let's see what we get so I'm here in uh, Huawei's booth looking at the Mate X the folding phone Um, my friend here from Huawei is, is, uh, is, is showing this off to me. So th- the first thing that stands out, I think, actually, is that the display doesn't look like a folding display. It doesn't look like there's no evidence on the edges of sort of any kind of crease um, or, you know, evidence of it having been folded back and forth several times. Um, can you fold it, um, fold it out? Is there a, do you have to press a clip to release it or anything? Sorry, or do you, you just... Not. So there's a little clip on the back, and you press that, that releases it, and it pops up, and then you just fold it out. So can I, can I hold it? Yes. I'm not taking video. We're not allowed to take video if I'm holding it, but I can describe it while I'm holding it. So I'm looking at a, a web page now in, in Chrome, and yeah, you really can't tell that this, is, that this folds in half, can you? This is just, it's as if this is an 8-inch tablet. Yes. Show me, show me the, show me the back. What's on the on the back of the device? So we have the three camera array there on on the back. What what's special about the the, the cameras? The camera is the Leica cameras, mm-hmm. and this camera because we have the M bar design, mm-hmm. so we don't need to place you know the rear camera and front camera by different modules. We just use the main cameras here, and when you fold it, you can use no better for the the, the selfie. 
or also for the you know the photo shooting for the landscape photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the phone is now folded in in half. We've got the camera app loaded um, on the on the sort of the main side. I'm looking through the screen and seeing uh, uh, seeing through the through the camera lens. So here is a button. Yeah. Okay. Yep. If we click it. Oh wow! Look at that. So when I uh, take photo for you, you can tell me how to adjust it. <laughs> so after after the gentleman pressed the pressed a button on the screen what happened is the display on the back of the phone essentially shows you the selfie image so I can see myself I can see the same thing that you're seeing and I can tell you no you've cut out my my amazing hairdo Um, (laughs) can you make it look like I haven't been walking you know tens of thousands of steps in a conference in Barcelona please so what else have we got around the, the edges of the device? We've got the charging port, which is a fingerprint sensor as well. Yes. USB-C uh, down, at the, down at the bottom. And actually, if I can hold this again, sure. one of the things that I don't think I really appreciated was how flat it folds. Like, that, it folds in half. It feel, In my hand, it feels like a regular non-folding phone. Yes. You know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite weighty, but in a solid sort of feeling way. I don't feel like I've got my hand technically rubbing up against the side of a folded screen. It just feels like a... It's very comfortable to hold because it's a curved panel, so uh, you will feel you know, very comfortable. And uh, as, as you said, you, the, the gap is, you know, even uh, almost a no gap. It's because the fold we can fold 180 degree. Yeah. yeah. Can I just hold it once more with it folded out? I'm not allowed to unfold it, right? Or am I allowed to unfold it? No. I'm not allowed to do the unfolding. Okay, if you can unfold it for me, because I think when I felt it before, the I'm holding it in my right hand, there's kind of the I don't want to say a bulge, a bulge is a, bulge is a bit of a negative word, but the, 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 the bit that's slightly thicker is behind my hand. And this feels like an extremely comfortable way of reading a book. Yeah. or a graphic novel or something like that because of the, the size and shape, the weight, the balance. This, to me, feels like a very, very nice way to, you know, to, read a, to read a book. I could definitely see myself using this. Well, I'm back outside now after having used the, uh, the, the Mate X for uh, about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes or so. And my initial impression is really, you know, having seen the Galaxy Fold, which is out on display here on the show uh, floor as well, and having seen some of the other form factors that companies are showing off, like uh, Sony's long, thin phone, the Xperia 1. LG also has one that's kind of like a phone with just two screens strapped into a case. The Mate X, honestly, it, it really... Honestly, I think it really does justify the hype. Uh, I've never seen a device like it. I was really concerned when I saw the announcement that you would be able to see evidence of the bend down the middle, you know, that the screen would be in, in some way affected by it. But it really isn't. When it's folded out in, a eight, in its 8-inch tablet form, I just... It, it's... It's really, it, it is very, very impressive. You cannot tell that it, it folds in half really in that way. And the ergonomics of it as well just made a, made a big impact on me because I think that one of the problems with holding um, like an iPad for reading is that it does feel a bit weighty. But because of the way that they've designed 
the uh, the chassis of the of, of the phone and the fact that it is nicely weighted on the side that you would probably want to hold it, it's extremely comfortable and, and it's actually lightweight. As, a, as tablets go, it's very, very lightweight. As a phone, it's quite heavy uh, compared to some of the others, but as a, as a tablet, it's, it's very light. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting my hands on it again when it comes out later this year. Well, on that note, I am now going to go and wander around MWC and see what else I can find to talk about. Well, you can't tell from just hearing it, but this music's actually being played by three robotic arms on ZTE's stand. There's two robots playing the piano and another one playing the drums. Doesn't look very mobile, but I suppose you could describe them as a congress of sorts. Oh, they've just finished. Are they going to take a bow? Yes, the robots are turning around and they're taking a bow. I'm just walking past the Samsung booth and I can see a bunch of people jumping around inside some 10-foot sphere for some reason. It's not immediately clear why. So we're going to find somebody to ask about what's going on with this. Uh, these guys are a bit too busy dancing. See if I can grab one of them afterwards. Hello. What? Why were you dancing in here? What is this? Uh, this is the new Samsung Galaxy Orbit. The Galaxy Orbit. Yeah, because when it stands inside, it goes up and then it goes down, recording a video with a slow motion. Oh, it's for recording slow mo video. Ah, okay. How bizarre. Well, I've just been told that there's a robot around here somewhere that's got 5G, looks like a humanoid, and is serving people drinks. So I'm going to find it. Oh, in fact, I think I have just found it. Yes, here we are. Cloud Mines. Their tagline says, Cloud Robot is the killer application for 5G. I don't think putting the word robot and killer in the same sentence is a brilliant, a brilliant idea. Okay, there's several of these robots. There's one called... Rachel, who's got a little bow on her head. Kind of looks like um, one of those robots out of AI or um, iRobot, the, the uh, much criticized Will Smith film, which actually I thought was excellent. Uh, and I watched it the other day. There's another one here, Kathy. What's Kathy doing? Um, staring soullessly at me, actually. Oh, she's talking. Uh, hello, Kathy. Can I have a coffee, please? Here is your coffee. Enjoy. She says, there is a coffee. She's not giving it to me, is she? Hello. I'm Kathy from Cloud May I make you a cup of coffee? Yes, please. Yes, Ah, she's turning around. You can't see this, but in the background, there's another one of these robots doing some kind of dance. She's talking to me. Okay, her hand is going down. She's picking up the cup. And she's lifting it. Is she going to turn? She is turning. This one's for me, I think. Yes. Thank you very much, Kathy. You're a regular barista. Oh, and the it's got a, look, it's got a picture of her on it as well. Thank you very much, Kathy. You really are a vision of the future. 
well, that's the first time I've ever had a robot make me a cup of coffee and give it to me. He's going to find somewhere to sit down now and actually drink this. Um, I think that's uh, a good point for me to hand back to myself in the past. Back to you, me, in the past. Well, it's time to leave Mobile World Congress and dive into our mailbag. We had a great email from James Thatcher, regular listener um, to the show, who responded to our request to have some uh, an alternative viewpoint on Ian and I's discussion around social media and regulation and um, and, and so far. Uh, he says, hello, gents. Perhaps it's just my bloody American ways, but is it possible that the socialistic view that both Nate and Ian have towards social media companies is taking things a tad too far? While I agree that there is such a thing as social media addiction, and I agree addiction should be fought at every chance we get, in some ways, is this not what we asked our system to provide? Did we not ask the system to give us relevant ad information? Did we not ask the system to provide us with information that we thought would be most beneficial to us? I think the real issue here is not necessarily one of the tech companies being at fault, but of but it's of others being able to take advantage of the company's superior algorithms. Of course, we will use a system that's most efficient in providing the results we decide are relevant. This is not addiction, it is human nature. Um, he goes on to say, it's quite a long email, but he goes on to say, um, uh, for example, I listen to approximately 50 hours of podcasting each week. Is that addiction? No, of course not. There are some shows I skip in a given week and some that I am subscribed from or subscribed to. But for my needs, podcasting is the best form of data input for information, entertainment and education. To summarise, let's not confuse the method of information delivery with that of a specific individual who may need treatment for a specific, often unique to the individual, mental health issue. That's my two pence. Keep up the good work, lads. James, um, I mean, yeah. that is a great viewpoint. I agree with huge amounts of it. Um, it doesn't pull me away from feeling really concerned when I walk down escalators and see people mindlessly scrolling through home screens or the other day when I was arriving at my train station and I saw what I think was a family... They certainly were all together and three of the kids were only maybe five or six years old. All three of the kids had a phone they were doing something with and both the parents had a phone that they were both doing something with. So all five of them were on their phones and not talking to each other. And sure, there's tons of reasons and I don't want to sound judgmental. They probably had a long journey and they just want to catch up on some stuff. But there is another part of me that thinks, do you all need to be using your phone right now? Yeah, and I mean, the only thing that stood out to me in that was, uh, did, you know, did we not ask for personalised ads? And the answer is no, honestly. I, I didn't, I don't, I don't really want personalised ads. Uh, I can see how that benefits the companies because it generates more revenue because they're producing more accurate ads. Um, I don't personally want any ads, but I mean, I know that's not the reality of the world. Uh, but at don't the same time... Don't we want ads? Don't we want ads? Isn't, aren't you both right here? Like, didn't we yeah, want probably. ads that were more relevant in the way well, that I don't maybe. want ads about football and um, and I don't know, what other things don't I like? Uh, yeah, you know, that's... Uh, other that's, stuff. That's perhaps true, but the, the problem is that it, it very quickly went too far, didn't it? It became something where um, we, were, we were giving away so much information... Uh, and, that, you know, that we have to take responsibility for that. But ultimately, we gave away too much information and that enabled a, a, a picture of us to be built up that is too clear. And I feel like there are not sufficient controls to manage that. Um, I'm not I'm not like you say, I'm not actually opposed to it wholesale. But what I think is it has gone too far and it needs it needs 
to be reined in. And I think that whilst I understand what he's saying, you know, about us being slightly different in outlook from a socialism and, you know, whatever point of view, um, I, I would like there to I feel like it's necessary that we have regulation at this point I can see why you would say that's not necessary because actually we could demand that the companies take it into their own hands and source it out and that's perfectly valid if they can do that and convince us that that is no longer a problem and that we have control over what we see and we're not being you know Facebook is quite famously storing a lot of information about us that it does not disclose when we ask for that information um uh, once they've proved that they are doing such that as, such as what well do you not remember this story about how they allow uh, companies to upload uh, information they've gathered about you so for example if i go to shop a and i buy something shop a asks me if i'd like the receipt by email i give them my email address and it happens to be the same email address i registered with facebook for um but as at the same time as i gave them my email address i also gave them my phone number so that i could have uh, updates on discounts uh, if I've never given my phone number to Facebook and that company then uploads the email address, my name and the phone number, that goes into Facebook systems and then Facebook is then able to, knows what your phone number is. So then that gives it another vector through which it is better able to track you. So for example, you know, you, you could have given your another company, say company B, just your phone number. But then Facebook knows that's you and is then able to understand that, that you know, this company has dealt with you for this, this company's dealt with you for that. But that in information according to i believe it was gizmodo did an investigation into it that information is not disclosed when you um when you contact facebook with a gdpr request it's a very good story i'll find it and you can put it in the show notes but um essentially it's what they've come to call dark data on facebook um and it is a bit of an issue and i think that facebook is not being honest or open about how it is doing that i think google is better um but um I, Facebook is a sticking point because it has so much information and we all know about the tracking cookies that it used to follow you around the internet because everyone's logged into Facebook, right? It's easy for them to do that. So anyway, that's my bit. You know, I think I just wish everything could be like just rainbows and <laughs> dancing in grass skirts. You know, sometimes I go around to my friend Lexi's house and we talk about unicorns and she gets sparklers out and we play with sparklers and the other day i was dropping um uh balls into water so we could film them in slow motion and see how water fell out of the cup in slow motion and to me i just wish everything was like that so we don't have to care about any of this yeah it'd be a lot easier to stay alive and be happy um but we don't live in that utopia uh we do live in a great world though where james can send us thought-provoking emails uh, as requested so thank you very very much um james for those uh honestly very very valuable uh insights and we welcome anyone else to send in their thoughts on this or any other topic and provoke another um debate maybe if we start getting loads of these sorts of things we'll do a live debate show and we'll get some listeners on and and we'll we'll bash it out on a topic once a quarter or something anyway you can do all that by uh sending a message to hello at techpodcast.uk let's check in with tom who has got some updates for us on the other goings on this week in the tech world tom this week on daily tech news show patrick beja tells us how significant it will be if google announces its own gaming streaming service at gdc march 19th you heard nate's hands-on with the samsung galaxy s10 but we also look at the rest of the lineup the accessories and what it all means for samsung we have a rousing discussion of whether apple offering its own credit card is a bad sign and eric olander helps us bust some western stereotypes about tech in china all that and much more at dailytechnewsshow.com and thank you to our patrons supporting us every week if 
you're not a patron and like to get our ad-free extended versions, high-quality uh, MP3s, you get our as-live uh, version as well, unedited if you wish, head to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Help us finish February with one more patron than we had last month, or if we're already in March when you listen to this, maybe end up finishing March with one more patron than we had this month that we're recording this message in. Yes, and send us comments as well. We want to hear from you. It's hello at techpodcast.uk. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at textmessagepod. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with the most important UK-focused technology headlines throughout the week. And thanks to everyone listening on our free ad-supported version. If you take a minute to review us on iTunes, that's the best way of supporting us without spending a penny. It certainly is. And so from me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. Uh, we'll see you in a week. Did you notice how I'm really trying hard to crash your your name now so that I don't have... There's no gap. Because it yeah. drives me up the wall. I don't I know, know why... I, is, is it, am I slightly slow i mean is does my brain not function properly because every time i listen to it i'm like why is that gap so big that's that's by the by also by the by is the fact that my dog just uh, just came in farted and has now gone out so thanks. that is um thanks for that thanks bruce that was some fun. smart brucing away, there please? some stink. go that way just come back in for another squirt <laughs> right Filthy beast. That'll teach me for not closing the door. Um... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.